to A to Z Sports Primetime on a Thursday night. If you're new to the show, I'm Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed with the Intel Edge that can be found at GaryAshton.com. Two Rivers Ford where you go for the best car buying experience humanly possible. No pressure, great prices, new or pre-owned. Two Rivers Ford has you covered in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, uh, Producer Reed came up with a good topic tonight. Now, the way that the primetime show works, for those of you who uh, you know want a little bit behind the scenes, Reed comes up with a show rundown. He sends it to me an hour before the show. We go through it together. We uh, tweak what needs to be tweaked. And if we need to change direction, then we change direction. But Reed puts together the show first and foremost before, you know, I tell him how many different things I don't like or how many different things I want to change and ruin all of his work for the last hour. But tonight, Reed brought me this. The Titans era records that are most likely to fall in 2022, which is an interesting conversation to kind of get a view, not just of the season, but what kind of things that the players on this roster are in a position to do and how much further they can entrench themselves in the history of this franchise. So I'd like to start there with your Two Rivers Ford take uh, here in with one of the statistics that I believe somebody on this roster, a player on this roster, is going to be able to surpass an all-time Titans great. How many games before Kevin Byard becomes the career interception leader in Titans-era football? Again, that's from 1998 through the, pres- uh, through the present. How many games do you think it will take Kevin Byard to uh, become the career interception leader in the history of the Tennessee Titans. That's probably surprising for a lot of people to hear. KB has been, you know, KB's been in the league for a while now. He's no, he's not new um, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. This is somebody who has an established record of success and has been playing the league for a long time. But like for him to already be on the precipice, again, it's not Houston Oilers history included in this. It's just the Titans. Alex BN asks an important question. How many off is he? So uh, what we have, in fact, that's not in the email that I'm looking at right now, but what producer Reed had sent to me, he is two off of the record. Michael Griffin, I believe, had 25. Read a thumbs up or a thumbs down, if you would be so kind. 25 for Michael Griffin. Kevin Byard has 23 right now throughout the course of his career. So he just simply needs two picks, two picks to tie the all-time career Titans interception record, three to surpass it. So that's the question. How many games will it take him to get three interceptions? It's your Two Rivers Ford take. Let us know in the comments section on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. Uh, But first, Kevin Byard getting himself uh, hyped up for another season. You left there's a lot of highlights, and it's funny because there's not a single current one in there. It's all from uh, it's all from what pre 2018, basically. Kevin Byard, I think, has been had been in the league three years at that point, and you saw several of the interceptions that he made. Incredibly athletic, high level plays. Alex says these highlights are fire, 
like I said, it doesn't even include, uh, I don't even, I don't think it includes either of Kevin Byard's all pro seasons in that highlight uh, mix. Jay Streets says the best safety in the bleeping NFL. You know, I mean, he's KB certainly up there. I saw the, uh, I you know, top 10 safety, safety lists and things like that. I think, um, you know, I everybody has their own opinion, right? There's, and like I said, or we've talked about these things before, Jeremy Fowler talks to 50 different people before he puts together that list. So that's a variety of opinions and everybody's going to have their own. But Kevin Byard is, I mean, the league considers him a top three safety, a top three player at his position. And listen, that's incredibly high praise. I would say that's probably accurate. Kevin Byard is a top three safety in the NFL. Uh, Will Dotson Jr. says, looking back, those jerseys were ugly. Yeah, you know, it, I I didn't like the new ones for a considerable amount of time, but I think I think that's always the case. Whenever you experience some kind of change, you're always going to be a little reticent with it before you're like, all right, this is just kind of how things are going to be now. And then you look back at the old ones and you're like, yeah, the white helmets sucked. They uh they looked very they looked very very dated, absolutely so. Those look much older than uh Nikki Nika Alviri says those jerseys were classic, never ugly. Uh, they well yeah I mean they were the they were so they matter in the history of of the team right they matter in the history of the team because I talked to Blaine Bishop about this obviously I work with Blaine. Um, at the uh, at 104.5 where I do my radio show and then Blaine has ri- his radio show with Mickey Ryan right after I do. And uh, we were talking about the uniforms. I can't remember the context of the uniform reveal, but Blaine obviously was in the uniform reveal when they first became the Tennessee Titans officially. Him and Wycheck and uh, Steve McNair and Eddie, uh, and Eddie George and uh, one of the kickers, I can't remember, but a lot of the players, the, a lot of the original like Tennessee Titans players in the original uniform reveal. And the thing that they did that was really, really neat in 2018 is they had Blaine and Dyson and Wycheck and all the guys who were a part of the, all the guys who are still around as a part of the original jersey reveal. They had them come out in the new jerseys with all the players, Lawan, Delaney, Mariota, uh, in that big, you know, they threw a, a, a free, Florida Georgia line concert downtown. That's 14,000 people downtown for a concert and a Jersey reveal. It's crazy. It was really, really well done. Um, it was exceptional as a matter of fact, but looking at, looking at the, uh, looking at the, uh, on the scale of Titans jerseys, those are probably, and it's not a long list, but those are probably towards the bottom. Those, uh, those previous era Tennessee Titans Get-ups. All right, so how many games will it take Kevin Byard to get to 25 interceptions? I would say two. Or I would say, no, hell, I'll say one because they're playing Daniel Jones in week one, and Daniel Jones loves, loves to give away the football. Now, it will be curious to see how much better Daniel Jones looks in week one because I don't think you can – week one opponents are always difficult, right? Week one, uh, week one opponents are always a struggle, certainly. Uh, you saw how badly – the Kyler Murray, uh, the Kyler Murray game against the Arizona Cardinals went last year, and you would think that as much time as you have to prepare for one opponent, you would look at that and say, well, for for as much time as they had, that should be the most prepared a football team would be at any point in the season, right? You've had months, literal months, to get ready for one specific team to start the season, and yet week one in college football, well, in in NFL, but I mean probably more in college football, week one is always crazy. 
you always have all manner of wild results, and it's difficult to make a judgment about what the rest of the season will look like because week one is always a different kind of a sample size. But I would say, yeah, probably probably one game. I, I think that Kevin Byard is fully capable of getting two interceptions off Daniel Jones in some form or fashion, but it'll be interesting to see what he looks like with a new coaching staff that did so much to help uh, a guy like Josh Allen during the course of his Buffalo Bills career. Of course, I'm talking about Brian Dayball and his staff, the new head coach of the New York Giants, the former offensive coordinator in Buffalo. All right, let's move on and let's talk about two uh, two milestones that Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are on the doorstep of. The question that I want to uh, that I want to ask you guys in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch, which is more likely to happen? Tannehill moves to fifth in Titans era passing yards, or Derrick Henry moves to second in rushing yards as a Tennessee Titan. Again, not including Houston Oilers statistics here. For reference, Tannehill is two thousand. 912 yards away from moving into fifth place all time in the Titans era as far as franchise passing totals. Uh, Rushing yards for Derrick Henry, he is in position to move from third to second place uh, with a 1,777-yard season this year. So which do you think is more likely to happen? Tannehill moves to fifth in passing or Derrick moves to second in rushing give me your answer in the comment section on facebook on youtube on twitter and on twitch we will talk about it together i'm not sure reed it looks like something happened to facebook because all of a sudden the facebook commenters have uh evaporated and the thing that i'm looking at so if you're within the sound of my voice on facebook let us know because it seems that that component uh something may have happened there which is unfortunate because we love our facebook friends but uh, what do you think is more likely to happen? We'll talk about it together and I'll give you my opinion right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton real estate group of Remax advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team is the best in the business because the Intel edge that they provide will get you your dream address without the stress. It will get you the Intel Edge to help you sell your home for more. It'll help you win the buyer battle. It'll help you cash in on your home equity right now. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Primetime and of my radio show is the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, which is more likely to happen? Ryan Tannehill moves into fifth all-time in the Titans era in terms of passing yardage totals or Derrick Henry moves to second in the same category. Uh, More likely Tannehill, says Derrick R. So I'd I'd be curious to know why. MB has provided uh, provided an explanation. Tannehill, 2,900 yards isn't that much for a quarterback. Henry will get there regardless, though. I think Derrick Henry is more than capable of having an 1,800-yard season. Now, I'm going to look up Ryan Tannehill's season uh, career passing totals while he's been here in Tennessee uh, on pro football reference. And I'll be able to give you specifics as to, you know, how likely that is for Ryan Tannehill to be able to do. So he has had, um, he has had at least 2,700 yards passing in every season 
for the Titans. Now, it's 2,700 yards. Uh, his lowest total came in a much smaller sample size, right? Ryan Tannehill played in 10, or rather played in 12 games in 2019, but he only started 10 of a possible 16. So that's a smaller sample size for Ryan Tannehill when, of course, that he assumed the starting role six weeks, or I guess seven weeks, into the season. Um, a much more representative sample size is probably the last two seasons, 3,800 uh, Thirty-eight hundred plus yards with thirty-three touchdowns and seven interceptions in twenty twenty, and thirty-seven hundred and thirty-four yards with twenty-one touchdowns and fourteen interceptions in twenty twenty-one. So the scoring went down, the passing totals went down, but obviously we know what Ryan Tannehill was working with last year, and we know that he has plenty of room to improve. So with that in mind, you know I, I think I'm inclined to agree. In any other circumstance, I would be inclined to ag agree with MB. But at the rate that I saw Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry's workload last year, Mark Jones has done the average, 130.7 yards per game for Henry. 17 games would be 2020. <laughs> he's, he's looking for uh, Henry to make a 22-22 uh, rushing total. I would be shocked if Derrick Henry played all 17 games even if he's healthy uh, throughout the course, because they're going to want to preserve him for the postseason. But let's say, you know, let's just make it 1,800 yards in 17 games. So Derrick Henry would need 105.8 yards per game to be able to move into second place by the end of the season in terms of all-time Titans rushing totals. 105.8 yards per game is not any kind of, uh, not any kind of heavy lift, right? That's a that's a situation for Derrick Henry where it's very much achievable. Derrick uh, should be able to do it on a recurring basis. Uh, Eric Castillo says, you can't compare last season. This offense will be different. Um, well, no, it's literally what we have to compare it to. That's the last representative sample size of these players on this team with this coaching staff. Uh, it's not going to be different. Well, here's, let me, let me not, let me correct myself, Eric. Um, it is going to be different in the sense that you will have a you will have a situation um you will have a situation for the Tennessee Titans where they're more able to play to their personnel strengths right so you'll see less three wide receiver sets you'll probably see two tight ends more frequently out on the field that's a big difference in the offense that's true and that's more in line with what the Tennessee Titans want to do now it's not going to be two tight ends like on the line of scrimmage you may have one tight end in the backfield with Henry and Ryan Tannehill in the shotgun. You may have two tight ends on the line of scrimmage. You may have one tight end on the line of scrimmage and one tight end off split out wide, right? Like all these different things. So I can't. So both things about that comment can be so. You can say you can't compare last. Well, um, you're wrong there. You have to compare it to last season because that's the last season that we have to compare it to. But I don't think you are wrong in saying that the offense will be different. It's going to be largely the same personnel. It's going to be the same coaching staff for the most part with the addition of, of um, Ryan Kelly, uh, who is uh, who is going to, not Ryan Kelly, um, Dennis Kelly's brother. Why am I having such a hard time remember uh, remembering Dennis Kelly's brother, the passing game court? Tim Kelly, good Lord. Tim Kelly, thank you, Producer Reed, for bailing me out there. Yes, Ryan Kelly. I don't. I think Ryan Kelly is the center for the Colts. 
Uh, I don't know how my brain took me there. Anyway, Tim Kelly is the passing game coordinator. So there will be some some slight differences. Uh, are we past most winning seasons? Yeah, well, they have they have the most consecutive winning seasons. Uh, they have the most consecutive winning seasons for the Tennessee Titans uh, under John Robinson. That's that's something that they have done that they have been able to do now six consecutive winning seasons under John. But I think, uh, I think for the purposes of the offense, yeah, I mean, there will be some differences, but for the most part, it's going to be largely the same. Like they're going to continue to do what it is that makes the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Right. And I think that's the kind of thing that you have to remember. All right. Uh, for me, I think, I think, like I said, I think it's more likely that Derek, um, surpasses that, that, situation first um just because of by nature of what the titans passing game is and they don't necessarily need ryan Tannehill to have 2900 yards you know by 17 games or by 13 games into the season for them to have a successful passing offense they're looking for efficiencies but Tannehill's going to have the opportunity to do so and i think that he is best equipped to do so because of the uh upgraded across the board weapons, if not, you know, top-end talent like A.J. Brown. There was movement. Might be a free play is what it is. Tannehill senses. Going to throw it deep. A.J. Brown. He's got it. Big play. Down to the 30. The 49ers jump off sides. Give him a free play. And again on third down. Their seventh third down conversion of the game. He throws a deep one to A.J. Brown for a 42-yard game. Second down and six. Play fake. Tannehill taking a deep shot down the field looking for Julio Jones. What a catch. He holds on and is brought down at the 25-yard line. A 51-yard gain. That ball was dropped in perfectly to Julio Jones. Big-time catch by one of the big-time receivers in the NFL. Flea flicker. Tannehill looking for the big play. And hooks up downfield. Westbrook Akina. It's 24 yards through the air. And the trust that Ryan Tannehill showed in Nick Westbrook Akina on this throw is immense because he was covered fairly well by Bryant. But he counted on Westbrook Akina to get his eyes back to him and use his big body to uncover himself downfield and make the catch. And he did. Simmons showed blitz. Here he comes from the outside. Tannehill to the end zone. Brown leaping grab. Touchdown, Tennessee. A.J. Brown, 11 touchdowns last year. Tannehill's favorite target. Just beautiful execution. Tannehill showing great courage and persistence to sit in that pocket that was collapsing on him. Throws a dime. And A.J. Brown showing you those pillow-soft hands, plucking that ball right out of the air. That was amazing. Third down and seven. Tannehill. Lofts it up. End zone. Caught. A.J. Brown. Touchdown, Tennessee. 24 yards on the rainbow. How about the adjustment downfield by A.J. Brown with Mike Hughes? He sees the ball and Hughes does not and able to turn his body and make the adjustment. Remember, A.J. Brown was an All-American baseball player in high school. His vision allowed that pass to be completed.
A lot of A.J. Brown highlights in that one. I didn't mean to rip the Band-Aid off for any of you guys too soon. All right, let's wrap tonight's show up with a weekend bounce back in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Please tell me who you think needs to bounce back in sports most this weekend. Give me your response, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, as I mentioned, and we will talk about it together right after I remind you that the Brooklyn Bowl split happens bowling bash coming up next Wednesday. We're less than a week away, and tickets are still available. We have sold 50 of a possible 75 tickets. So these things, I think, are going to move fast when we get down to the wire. Don't sweat it. Make sure that you have secured your tickets now for an incredible charitable cause that we are raising money for. It's the Church at Mount Carmel's Youth Summer Camp Program. They provide free summer camp for kids who do not have the financial support systems to do so themselves during the summer. And if you're a parent, you know how critical things like childcare and summer camp can be when your children are out of school. This is what the church at Mount Carmel does so well, and they do it all off donations. So we're raising money with this Brooklyn Bowl party to be able to give them some support. If you buy a ticket, which of course the proceeds go to charity, you get three hours of bowling at Brooklyn Bowl. We're going to be there. Austin, Zach, producer Reed, maybe some other A to Z people, um, as well as myself. We're going to have a whole crew from the radio show there as well. 50 of your closest friends right, right now, so why not? Why not sell it out? Why not make it 75 of you and your closest friends on a Wednesday night bowling for a great cause? Free food, free drinks, three hours of bowling included in your ticket and the opportunity to have a really special evening. 1045thezone.com is where you go to purchase those tickets. And uh, we look forward to seeing many of you out there next Wednesday. All right. Who needs to bounce back most in sports? Whew. Derek R. says the backline Nashville SC uh, supporters need to bounce back. I uh, I am going to play you because this is a story that would not have done well on primetime, but very much needed to be discussed. So for those of you who are unaware, uh, here in Nashville, obviously we have an MLS team. Now the MLS team, uh, instead of, you know, instead of fans, they call them supporters, right? Or at least that's the proper... Uh, football world, football, not football, uh, the proper football world word, world term for a fan base, supporter section. So got they got this supporter section called the back line. And the back line put out a two-page statement yesterday on their Twitter account that I'm telling you was laugh out loud funny. They said that they requested quarterly meetings with the team and its administration, including the team president. They demanded discounts on beverages. They demanded a what they call a TIFO system, which is the way that it's been explained to me, you know, a, an easy way to like move imagery up and down the supporter section, the way you see like a bunch of things flip over and then all of a sudden there's the, the Nashville SC logo, right, in the supporter section or like a, a banner that f comes down from the top of the lower bowl in the supporter section to the bottom, and they're they're waving the flag, right? That's, to, to my understanding, that's what a TIFO system is. I'm sure I don't have the, all of the details on that right, but you largely understand my point. So they made all these different demands of the soccer team, and they put this in a two-page letter that they published and put on social media. 
without thinking that, oh, people are going to see this and ruthlessly mock us for it because it is completely and totally unreasonable, their demands from a point of having absolutely no leverage. So we talked about this on the radio show today in ways that I think it is worth for you to hear as well. Oh, the video isn't going to work. Damn it. I thought I'd bought myself enough time. I thought I bought myself enough time to be able to upload the video from my phone to uh, to the system right now as we were doing the show, but apparently it is not going to cooperate. Oh, well, we did our best. Either way, uh, I tweeted out the clip. You can go check it out on my uh, Twitter account, at Buck Rising. It's also on Instagram, at Buck Rising, spelled the same way. I Not not to plug my own stuff more than I already do, but like that's it's worth your time to go watch it. I'm sorry that that didn't work out because it, you know, I'm biased. I think we do good show all the good show all the time, but uh, this kind of stuff is uh, is just teed up. Now I need to bounce back in the middle of a bounce back segment. I need to bounce back. Terrible, terrible job by me. But yeah, that's what I get for poking too much fun at uh, at the supporter section. But ESPN also needs to b- bounce back because they got got by Ballsack Sports this week, and that video I do already have. How he would do in a one-on-one game against wait, Michael Jordan, and he said the following quote. I can't believe I'm reading this. If you put Michael Jordan in today's game, he's just another superstar. You have me, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, and then guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Justin Kupo, Kawhi Leonard. It's not just about one superstar and a bunch of average guys. Perk. What do you think about John Moran saying that Michael Jordan in today's league would be just another superstar? You, you know what? John Moran is confident and crazy at the same time. We addressed something that happened on this program yesterday. We made a mistake. We attributed a quote to John Moran's appearances on Taylor Rook's show on Bleacher Report that he simply did not say. On behalf of the network, the show's staff, and myself, I'd like to apologize to Ja and Taylor for our error. We will work hard to make sure it doesn't happen again. So ESPN got got. It wasn't a real John Morant quote. Now, John Morant did say he'd cook Michael Jordan one-on-one. That was a real quote. I saw that clip. It's great because, you know, Ja, uh, ja, reminds, ja reminds all of us that nobody under 30 cares about Michael Jordan's basketball career the way that everybody over 30 cares about Michael Jordan's basketball career and Ja is just kind of putting his voice on that. Also, you love the confidence. You love to see it. All right. I need to bounce back. I screwed up on the radio today. I've screwed up on the primetime primetime show. It is uh it is not my finest moment, but it's okay. Just like David Jacoby, um, we are going to work to get better. Now Stephen King says David Jacoby, SMH, he's better than that. Well, listen, and I don't say this to unequivocally defend media people because it's not fair to hang production staff out to dry but in those situations a lot of times you are being provided what you are going to talk about on the show today so somebody you know like we talked about with producer reed producer reed brings me the show producer reed puts together the show before i even see it even though i'm the one executing the show he's telling me or he's suggesting to me what direction I need to go that night. And then I'll walk through it with him. Now, David Jacoby is going through production meetings before that television show's air, show airs. So he says, okay, this quote is for John Morant. Who am I attributing to this, uh, this to? His production staff tells him Bleacher Report. 
David Jacoby says, okay, Bleacher Report got this quote. Put it on the graphic. Put it on the screen. We'll go through it together. David Jacoby, while he, I mean, he is fully capable of doing his own research, and it's not like David Jacoby doesn't do his own research, but in a situation where you are provided the material and you are using the material that people who are supposed to protect you have put in front of you, then it's David Jacoby is the face of the apology. David Jacoby makes the on-air mistake, but there are so many different there are so many different parts and pieces of that that while Jacoby is responsible because it came out of his mouth, there's also, you know, I think it's kind of unfair to pin the whole thing on him. That's just how I feel about it, just because I know what that can be like. Not that producer Reed does that to me um, uh, regularly. Mark Jones says, who's Ballsack Sports? Ballsack Sports is a fake website that likes to likes to get people like David Jacoby with fake quotes and just run them around on the internet and see who who gets got. It's very, very misleading, but also can lead to very, very funny moments. That's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us as always, Sunday through Thursday night. We will be back on Sunday. We only have three shows next week because Wednesday night is obviously going to be the bowling event. Thursday night, I am off. I'm taking my last bit of vacation before we start training camp uh, two weeks from today, less than two weeks from today. So we will have a shortened primetime week next week. Again, make sure you get your tickets at 1045thezone.com. I hope all of you have a fantastic weekend. Radio show tomorrow. We've got Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. We're going to be talking ball with Coach Mack, one of the best, uh, who, uh, one of the best to ever do it, frankly, but one of the best breakdowns that you can have. That's at 1120 on 1045 The Zone. Also, Don Davenport, SEC Media Days right around the corner next week. Dawn, of course, when she's not talking on the radio, uh, she is a sideline reporter for the SEC Network and for a lot of ESPN's college football properties. So Dawn will be a great time. And by the way, Dawn giving out tickets. Dawn can't go to the event because she's going to be at SEC Media Day. She can't go to the bowling event. So she's going to buy on air a pair of tickets for one radio show listener. So if you don't listen to the radio show, there's your incentive. You can get free tickets to the Brooklyn Bowl event if you are listening to 104.5 The Zone in the noon hour. All right, have a great weekend. I'll see you guys on Sunday night on A to Z Sports Prime.